is pagan uh, polytheistic? Uh, it depends on who you ask. Um, you. Guess what finger I'm holding up? I'm asking uh, um, George Clooney. <laughs> is baseball an instrument? <laughs> is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> is wombo an instrument? Back after this. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. My name is David Shockley. And I'm Morgan Miller. And this is the podcast where we interview people that aren't famous but should be. And we are starting off this magical new year with a magical new guest. He's a magician, juggler, and fire performer, Doug Stafford. Doug, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you guys doing? Doing great. How long have you been performing for? Professionally, I've been doing this for about four years, five years at Renaissance Fairs. I've been developing the skill set for about uh, almost a decade at this point. And what were you first? What was your first, I guess, performance art? Was it magic or was it juggling or what? No, uh, it was fire spinning, actually. Really? Yeah. I learned how to do that at a retreat back in 2007, and I've basically been doing it ever since. A retreat for it? Uh, actually, no, they just happened to teach it there. It was actually a pagan retreat. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. That's nothing like welcoming the sun in the middle of the summer by learning how to set your body ablaze. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good relaxing holiday getaway to me. What about you, Morgan? That's that's like my ideal vacation. I like to refrain from setting myself on fire. I, I try. Unless it's with passion. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doug, uh, how are you with hard liquor? Uh, I'm Italian and Czech, so I should be fine. Okay, gotcha. So we have we start off the podcast... The same way every single time, we're going to do a shot to, to wet the whistle a little bit. Cheers. Oh, oh. that's navy-grade liquor. Ah. What did you call it? Navy-grade liquor. Navy-grade liquor. That is New Amsterdam's finest. Oh, that is the kind of, so that's the kind of stuff that I would buy on leave just because it was cheap. Were you in the military? Yes. What did you do in the military? I was an electronics technician in Japan. Really? Yeah. That sounds nothing like what I expected you to do in the military, <laughs> to be honest. They do other stuff besides blow shit up. Yeah. Why? Uh, I feel like that's the main point. Well, the main point of being in the Navy is that if I'm going to destroy other people, I want to do it from 100 miles away on a ship. That's a good point. So, I'm not sure if I told you when we first met. We first met at Thy Geekdom Con. Yes. That uh, I actually used to do magic. Yes. And I was so excited to have you on because normally when we have people on, I don't know anything about what the guest is coming on about. Like, I I know what I can Google, but I don't know somebody's skill level. I don't know the inner workings of stuff because it takes years and years of practice to, to have this knowledge. Mm -hmm. Especially with magic where knowledge isn't given away so freely. I thought that was what YouTube was for. <laughs> <laughs> Magicians hate YouTube. No, no, no. Magicians hate it when their stuff is on YouTube. They love it when other people's stuff is on YouTube. Exactly. Isn't that kind of fucked up? It's like, oh, I'm so glad I get to learn this trick. But then the second their trick's on there, they bitch a fit about it. Yes, they do. No. Liberace's the sweetest. Oh, it's Liberace the cat. She has AIDS. Do you have any animals? No, I can't ethically keep an animal. I mean, think about it. I'm on the road most of the time. So, you know, leave an animal by itself for four or five days on its own. You can't do that to a cat. That's true. That's true. So you don't use any animals in your act? I actually don't agree with that. I don't 
find it enjoyable. I mean, like I'm a little claustrophobic. I can't imagine being stuck in a box for someone's entertainment. Why would I want to do that to Liberace, for instance? That's a good point. So like no doves, no nothing. <laughs> the other reason is it's just so hack. Yeah. What would you say is the hackiest trick? Uh, the hackiest trick? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Anything that looks like it was made in the 70s. Anytime that you see a magic prop that almost looks like it's made out of plastic, it was badly painted, anything like that, I have a hard time ever looking at something like that seriously because it is as badly made as usually as it's badly performed. Not to mention that they're all gimmicked. So there's really no slide or presentation and it usually just comes off terrible. Yeah, when you see somebody using the same prop that they've been using for 20 years, it's like, buddy, just let it date it a little bit here. Give let it some... die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only time that I actually use something like that is uh, I have a little box that I use to cut my arm in half. And the, backs of, the back of the box is completely hollow. So you turn it one way, it looks like your arm's cut in half. You turn it the other way, it looks like the world's worst trick. And I do that, and I do that because it actually sets up a really nice... This is what magic should look like, and this is what you guys are actually used to seeing. This is magic from Walmart. Who wants to actually see something nice? Oh, I actually nice. watched that. I was I saw that little setup when we were at that Geekdom Con. Yes, and it it sets up for the rest of the show, especially since I'm just a giant ball of awkwardness. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. How much would, uh, of the show would you say is actually talent, and how much of it is um personality? So. A friend of mine, uh, his name is uh, Shakespeare Approves. He works as a performer. He once told me, and it's actually really true, that you are far more honest with a crowd than you are ever honest with yourself. So I find that eventually almost everything that you do on a stage tends to be your personality. Uh, If it's not, it shows up. It, It looks like you're trying to be someone you're not. And I don't think audiences connect with that. I completely agree with you. Because you get to choose the the light in which you're viewed from when you're on stage. This is your chance to prepare everything, and everything is on show. Yes. It's pure honesty. It's, yes. It's, when you see someone perform, you see exactly you see exactly how much they prepared, how much support they're willing to have. Mm-hmm. You see everything. And this is the reason why every time I open up a Renaissance Fair show, uh, when I'm on the road, the opening for every show is the same. Uh, lords and ladies, welcome to the Virginia Renaissance Fair. Now that I've butchered an English accent, hi. <laughs> <laughs> because that right there, being up front and being everything that you are, no matter how much I could do it, no one will ever believe an English accent at a Ren Fair. They all know that it's someone in the background. So if I just make fun of the fourth wall a little bit, I enjoy that. Deadpool style. <laughs> My, my girlfriend is a huge Deadpool fan, and ever since then, anytime the fourth wall is brought up, Deadpool! <laughs> okay, um, then I have to ask one question. Favorite version of Deadpool? Me? I don't care. Her? I have no idea. Okay. Fair enough. So, this is a good transition, because okay. what I was trying to get at was, so I did magic for a while, and this is the one time, I'm so excited to have you on, because the one time that actually I can talk to somebody that I know something about, rather than learning exclusively... So we're going to do a little bit of a game. I have five questions here. Uh, crud. Go ahead. Based off of magic. All right. A little bit of a quiz. Now the, And I'm happy that I actually was able to make a fucking quiz that I knew something about. But I am a generous god, Doug. Okay. I, I've done... I think the questions are pretty easy. Okay. Here's the rules. Okay. It's five questions. If you can get three questions correct, then 
Me and Morgan, as the makers of the quiz, have to take an additional shot, even though Morgan had nothing to do with it. Or, but if you cannot get at least three questions correct, then you have to take an additional shot. <sighs> Just remember, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. <laughs> oh, I am so screwed. Go ahead. Okay. How are you with magical history? The history of mystery. Oh, that's adorable. I'm a YouTube magician. I'm terrible. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hit me. Oh, you poor, you poor summer child. <laughs> Question one. What is commonly believed to be the oldest magic trick in history? Cups and balls. Easy. He's on the board. Question two. Harry Houdini bragged that he could figure out any magic trick that was done if he was able to see it repeated three times. What was the trick that eventually stumped him? Ambitious card. Correct. He's two for two. Who was the magician that stumped him? That would be the professor. Die Vernon. The Professor Die Vernon. That is correct. You're three. He's doing great. <laughs> oh, Lord. Die Vernon, one of my favorite magicians, by the way. Do you know what uh, Die Vernon's original name was? What is What his, like, common name was? Actually, no, I don't. David Verner. I know that because there's a bunch of Davids in Magic. David Blaine, David Copperfield, David Verner. Yes. That's not one of the questions. That's just a fun fact for you. Question four. In 1983, David Copperfield made what? Famous monument disappear. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. He's almost cleared it. Final question. A little bit of a ringer. Harry Houdini is not Harry Houdini's original name. Where did he derive this name from? Who was his inspiration for this name? I would like to answer, actually. Morgan. Your mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, close. Actually, the, the correct answer was your mama's pussy lips. Ah, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, man. The, actually, the only thing I can remember about his name is that um, he actually had a brother in magic. His biological brother was a fellow magician who was yeah. named Robert Houdin. Um, oh, was that the guy? Was that where he got it from? I don't actually know. The correct answer is the French magician Robert Houdin. That was not his brother. That was his inspiration. Oh, God. I was right, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a point for that one. Congratulations. <laughs> Clear the board. A true expert of the magical. Morgan, would you mind getting us these shots? Yay! You can do a shot uh, anyway if you want to, but we're not forcing you. No pressure. I have two bottles of chocolate stout. Um, I'm happy. Okay, that's fine. That's so fine. So I, I will... He's a lightweight. That's fine, Morgan. You know, just, just get us. <laughs> no pressure. Tell you what. Give me half of your drink. Okay, fair enough. Because I, it's like uh, math. I, I, I did half of the answer. Respectable. It's honest. Uh, which should we cheers to, Doug? Uh, you know what? I grew up on Comedy Central, so uh, Ziggy Zaggy Ziggy Zaggy, if you're familiar. Oh, Ziggy Zaggy Ziggy Zaggy. Oi, oi, oi. Cheers. The Man Show, right? Yes. I watched that for hours when I was a kid. That and lots of co different types of comedy. The Man Show would never fly today, right? <laughs> no. I mean, it's fly. called The Man Show. I'm pretty sure that people would have an issue with that itself. Oh, and the show? Have you ever seen the Man Show, Morgan? Never. It is. Is there even one white guy on it? Uh, there's all. It's all white guys. Out. It's out. It's a... <laughs> it is cisgendered white heteronormative male. Oh my god. Just to give you an example, the end credits were women jumping on trampolines. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like I'd like the show. It was fucking hysterical. I'm gonna go watch that. See what holds up. You know what that made me think of? God bless the wisdom of Officer Number Three. Oh, God bless the wisdom of Officer Three. Just give them girls on trampolines. Uh, are you familiar with the band Ludo? No. They did a song called "Love Me Dead." Uh, okay. Maybe we'll play it later for you, but it 
kind of has a, a very similar like man show type of uh, vibe role to it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Magicians. Yes. Comedy Central. Yes. Uh, I have to say, my favorite magician on Comedy Central was the only magician that I think made it on Comedy Central. The Amazing Jonathan. The Amazing Jonathan. Oh, God. Are you a fan uh, of his? I am, but for no other reason than he makes fun of himself mm-hmm. so much. I love The Amazing Jonathan because he's more of a performer than he is a magician. Yes. And to be able to blend that so beautifully and so chaotically yes. was amazing to me. Who is your... Who do does that for you? Like, who is that, like, pinnacle of art for oh, you? Oh, God. Um, I actually don't know that I have one for me that actually doesn't go to the realm of juggling or magic. That actually goes to the realm of comedy. That's fine. Um, Christopher J- uh, Titus, George Carlin, oh, those type of people are who really do it for me as an entertainer. They're both hilarious. Yet depressingly honest. Very much so, but their honesty showed something. It was it was not a fake honesty, I think, but it was so genuine. It was the character. Yes. Yes. It was it was such brutal honesty that it can only be born of pain. Yeah. Yes. Born um, of pain in art. Correct. I mean, there are plenty of magicians and jugglers who I respect, but none who really do that for me. When you're doing a show, yes. How do you embrace that? Oh man. That how do you let that art form that personal experience that you have? How do you bring that out in every show? Because that to me is where that's the true performance. That's the art form. That's the thing that you can do that nobody else can do. For me, that is me being honest. I mean, I am a somewhat normal sized white guy wearing glasses. I am as normal as you can imagine someone being, and that to me is my strength because we live in a world where you know i can't do this that's too hard so for me being able to stand up being a normal awkward guy and just being a normal awkward guy in front of a room full of people yet being able to do all these things i think that right there is that point of connection so i try to be as as genuinely awkward and honest as i can be about both myself as a performer and what I do, for instance, uh, there's something that I say to people whenever I do a show. I say, you know, for every three people who come to a show, it's kind of like NASCAR. One person comes for the crashes. Oh, I see. And usually, just like right now, there's a person awkwardly smiling. And that's a point of connection because that's a point of honesty, mm. if that makes any sense. So it's that connection. It's that we're all awkward. Yeah. I want to show you my awkwardness and, and we can come together on that. And that's where the comedy comes from. Exactly. I love it. The first time uh, I remember performing was at a tap and jazz recital when I was 12 years old. What was the first time you were on stage? Uh, First time that I remember being on stage, the one that really uh, screams at me was I was in Philadelphia at a place called Club Ruba. The famous Club Ruba. Oh, God. (laughs) I wish it was the famous Club Ruba. Um, and the reason I remembered being on stage is because it's the first place that actually had a stage. Yeah. Uh, until then, it was mostly awkward tricks in front of people. And I did contact juggling, except in this room, I did. Uh, I lit the ball on fire instead, and I did contact juggling while the ball was on fire. Cool. And, I- and I remember it because 
there was a sound that the audience made that was like the crashing of an ocean's wave. And I'm like, wow, I'm addicted to this feeling. And there it was right in the arm. There's the heroin right there. Oh, God. Yes. I do have a very important question, though. Speaking of balls, <laughs> do you shave your balls? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've made it a point to ask all of the guests. <laughs> Just just to make you feel slightly more awkward, the amount of running around and jumping jacks that I do, <laughs> the amount of friction that would be caused by not having any hair down there, can you imagine the chafing? Um, I imagine the contact balls wouldn't be the only thing on fire. <laughs> so does magic ever help you get ladies? <laughs> Hi, let me show you how awkward and how socially ostracized I was as a child. Let me do magic for you. Want to see me uh, contact juggle my balls? <laughs> oh my god. Seriously, have you never tried this? Have you never have you never like picked up a number? Got got the conversation going with magic? Um, actually, once. I knew it once oh no nothing actually happened uh i'll tell you why so i am up in albany doing a renaissance fair up in albany and at the end of the show someone comes up and they leave a dollar and a little folded up piece of paper in my hat at oh, the end of the show yeah. and it was oh. someone's number and like one of the things i love about traveling is i get to try everything so i make try to make friends wherever i go because Everywhere has something interesting about Anal. it. <laughs> he said something interesting, David. <laughs> that just depends on how much prep work you do. <laughs> Fist bump? <laughs> so sorry. But go on, go on. So anyways, I call the number and she's like, I didn't actually think you'd actually respond. I said, well, I'm not familiar with the area. And... I'd definitely be down for an evening of fun. She's like, would you be okay with going out with me for, you know, piece of pie? And apparently Albany is famous for a restaurant that has some of the best pie in the state. We're going to Albany, Morgan! <laughs> oh no, Rochester. Rochester. We're going to Rochester, Morgan! Albany second. We're still going to New York. Um, as, as fellow alcoholics, cheers. 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 Rochester has a dish that is one of the best after alcohol things I've ever had. And it's called perfectly the garbage plate. Oh, oh. sounds amazing. It is hash browns, baked beans, cheeseburgers. All burgers? Burgers. 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 Burger. It's the reason it's called the garbage plate. And it's all served with like a healthy topping of like uh, half chili, half hot sauce. So it's because you'll feel like garbage after. Got it. Unless you're drunk, and then it's perfect. Ah, that's true. That's that true. sounds like, at least when you're throwing that up, it looked the exact same. <laughs> the no, burger no, just comes no. out whole. <laughs> that's, 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 Excuse me, the burgers. No, that's why you eat peanut butter. Tastes the same going down as it does coming up. That's No, that's what's wrong with it. Because then you can't eat peanut butter anymore without thinking of throw up <laughs> peanut butter. How do you think every woman who's ever tried to eat a banana feels? Sexy. Um... I feel fine. Potassium. 
<laughs> I was going to say, pata- I mean, bananas are fine. Oh, like you don't- are we not talking about bananas? <laughs> it went right over my head. <laughs> but again, protein. I feel fine. <laughs> oh, dear Lord in heaven. Hello, Morgan's parents. Glad you could tune in this episode. <laughs> they would be so proud. <laughs> what he does with his music degree. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, nothing actually happened because I found out halfway through the evening that she was asexual, which is perfectly cool uh, for anyone who doesn't asexual. know Asexual. Yeah. Why yeah. the fuck would she put your goddamn number in the goddamn hat if you bitch you ain't trying to fuck? You're trying to get this magical dick or no? Nah. <laughs> I hear that he lots called, of asexual He called people. you a magical dick. This is not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a normal dick. A very hairy normal dick. <laughs> oh, this is going to live forever on the internet. I love my life. Infamy. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> if you can't be famous, be infamous. The good news is, is that there's a very low chance that anyone's going to listen to this, but on that like one in a million chance that we make the front page of Reddit for some god-awful reason... This is never going to live down. <laughs> Everybody's going to hear about that normal hairy dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They call his dick the Amazon. Yeah? Because it's long and full of viruses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not attractive, but I'm quick on the wit. Hey-o. Um, but anyways, but no, it actually was a wonderful evening. We had a great time. It was really enjoyable. I mean, and it was like good a- enough, right? Um, I have found that some of the best things in life are just by random chance. Go on. Uh, well, um, since, hey, for those who are happening who do not know this about me, I'm Polly. So I've just found that by being expressive and having more than one partner, it just tends to open up your opportunities and things you might encounter. And that's polyamorous. Yes. Polyamorous relationship. Yes. Can you explain to people briefly what that is, just just to keep them up to date? Um, So for those of you who don't know, polyamory is the concept that you can have more than one person you love. Not in like the brother, sister, mother, son, like romantically love. So um, I, you know, if if I'm at a fair for more than a couple of weeks, it's nice to have a relationship while I'm there because then I get to enjoy and relax and spend time. Would you also say, how's that different from just an open relationship? Polyamory, usually, in my experience, open relationships, a lot of the partners don't want to know who their partner is seeing. And it's usually, sometimes it's open to the extent of, you're not going to have a relationship, but you can fuck. Oh, I see, I see. But this is more intimate. Yes. Gotcha. Which, for a lot of people, feels more dangerous because intimacy is scary. Intimacy is very scary. Because that's opening. That's giving. Yes. That's not taking. Whereas with, with just having sex, you, you're just taking. Like, you want something from the partner. Whereas being open and intimate, you're giving that. Yes. As a magician, I don't know how to transition into this. I'm sorry. No. no. I'm glad. I, no. Was, <laughs> I was just looking at my questions. No like, transition. Not, I did not plan no, for tra- this. Tra- trans- no transition. Just go. Fuck transitions. Uh, as a magician, how many times do people tell you that you should be on America's Got Talent after you've done a trick for them? Fuck you. <laughs> this is like the fourth time today, and I haven't even done a show. Yeah. Uh, I know. Oh, God. I get that so frequently. Um, how do you react to something like that? Um, there really isn't any way for me to react because 
like it's really complimentary at the same time but at the same time there's a part of me that dies because i also know how the show was run yeah america's got talent is so rigged it's a show it's tv it's not it's real. tv it's not a real competition no well it's a real competition to a slight extent but the auditions that they always talk about where anyone can get in no they can't no that's just free content that's exactly what it is um about a year and a half ago, um, one of the bigger magic companies announced that they had been hired to help produce the next contestant for America's Got Talent, which is basically saying that they had gotten hired to coach someone, which does that. And then they removed that post, and a couple months later, when the show was launched for this season, the owner of that company was actually one of the contestants. Oh, look at that. Just so happened to be that. Yes. So when people ask me, I try to be a little honest with them. I try to say, it's television. Yeah. It's, it'd be really cool if I did, because I would love to get a TV credit to my name, because that's how you get into TV. Yeah. It, it's kind of like getting the olive out of the jar for politicians. Mm-hmm. The moment that you're on a thing, you just keep getting asked to be back, because it's re- re- reliability. I'm glad you say that, because you're right. People that show up and can do the thing... Even if they're not amazing at it, but people that just show up and kind of at least make it work. A professionalism. Bit. Professionalism. Professionalism is so goddamn hard to come by. We just running this show, having a new guest on every single episode. It is incredibly, is surprisingly difficult to get people that have professionalism. I'm super thankful of every single guest that we've had on because they've all have been very professional. But there's a huge slew of emails of just people not getting back to you. Or just people that just, it just doesn't work out for dumb fucking reasons. Or people that cancel last minute. People cancel last minute. They're supposed to be here in 15 minutes. Oh, sorry, can't make it. It's like, excuse me, do you know how much shit we just put together? Yeah. Please be here. So. Or at least call me three hours in advance. <laughs> so I completely understand why. And I would love to have some of our guests back on just because I know they'll most likely show up. If you showed up the first time, that's the hardest thing to show up for. If you can make it, you'll probably be able to make it again. Oh, yeah. And that would make scheduling uh, much easier. No, absolutely. Exactly. Sorry, you you anger, you brought this anger into me, Doug. <laughs> Why have you come to this show and made me angry, Doug? But I remember what, like when I was doing magic, people would say, oh, you should be on America's Next Top. Whatever. Whatever. Do you want to be on Top? Do you want to be on Top? And I just say, thank you very much. And then at the end of the day, that's what you can do. I, I, I try to be a little honest about it, but at the same time, thank you. I just say thank you. I'll look into that. Yeah, well. <laughs> You're not actually going to look into it, but like you've already looked into it. But that's kind of, that, that at least that makes them feel good about their interaction because they want to see you do well. It's also hysterical how, much, how many times people assume I've already been on it. <laughs> Didn't I see you? Yes, no, you did. No, no, I no. was incredible, wasn't I? No. <laughs> that's what i would or say. some or someone will put on their uh on their pages that actually just recent the world famous douglas stafford in my head i'm going regionally well known <laughs> <laughs> speaking of famous magicians what do you think about uh magicians like pendulette uh chris angel and dave chris angle angel no chris angle uh, as the show, um, just, Epic Rap Battles of History, did uh, when they did the uh, uh, Magicians episode, uh, they actually referred to him as Chris Angle. And the reason for this is that he is notorious for single perspective tricks. Mm-hmm. So he is. if I can hold you in position and keep you where you are, 
Uh, do you know how you've, you've seen those 3D illusions where the balls continually look like they're going up and up and up and up? Yes. And it's a trick of perspective. Yes. He does. Kind of like this. Oh. Yes. Uh, For the <laughs> exactly audience. Exactly like the Volk knot on your shoulder. <laughs> it's actually a penis. I have a penis on my shoulder. That just keeps going that, up and up and up. That's a very triangular penis. Don't uh, you judge him. Work with what you got, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy there, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, at least I'm not in denial. <laughs> I should die for that. Uh, but anyways, but he's... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Morgan. <laughs> Delayed reaction response. That was a time bomb right there. Oh, like I said, not attractive, quick on the wit. Uh, but he's notorious for that. He's absolutely notorious. Uh, Darren Brown fantastic um one of the best mentalists uh in recent history uh he's got a wonderful series of specials that you can see on netflix pendulette and teller their series fool us absolutely beautiful they have brought on some absolutely astounding talent so uh but penn and teller fantastic name a more iconic duo uh me and you hey Oh, so cute. Hard hands, Morgan. Hard I'm hands. so sorry. I was looking at the guest. Actually, <laughs> Philadelphia actually has a really amazing tradition of magic. We actually have some of the best names in the industry right now in the city. Really? In, in Philly? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, last night, Francis Minotti and his partner actually did a show. Francis Minotti, as we were speaking prior to the show, is a magician who has been on Fool Us. He was on there. Uh, Michael Palladino regularly does shows. Um, Mark D'Souza lives in the region. Randy Shine, who is absolutely epic and amazing, just got done with the Disney Cruise. All these performers live in Philly. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that at all. I, I want to trail back just a little bit. Yes. You mentioned David Blaine is is the kind of the king of the of the angle. No, Chris Angle. I was gonna say that. I'll be, I feel like we need to bring up Chris Angle. He is the goddamn son of a bitch. That really, he jumped the shark on on the single angle shot. He he jumped the shark, but the other thing is, is that, um, and this is a big problem with televised magic, mm. is if you are one performer, like it takes years to come up with new material and be able to do it reliably enough to do it in a show. Um, so if you have a show that's on for multiple seasons, like Mind Freak was, eventually you turn into Chris Angel pretending to summon a demon to push a playing card through a window. <laughs> Thank God we have the occult. Um, please, Ball, please push this card through the door. I could have done it myself. <laughs> That's just laziness. Thank well, you, Lucifer. <laughs> Thank you, oh, holy Lord. Uh, to, to highlight that, uh, I used to oh run with God. I used to run with a, a sideshow troupe. And often enough, people will request their favorite trick. You probably had this happen to you. Someone will say, hey, I saw this. Can you do this? Oh, yeah. So uh, a sideshow trip that I used to work with, uh, their roommate said, hey, you know, I've seen this person push a card through the window. Can you do this? Sorry, I left my satanic Bible at home or else oh, I would, kid. No, 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 no. <laughs> I did it. It was, it was awesome. Oh, you did it? I did it. So well done. I had her sign the card. I went ahead. Um, I palmed it, which means to take a card and hide it away. And you behind her, it. yeah, palmed it. And as I was talking to her, I handed it to, to a friend of mine who went to get a glass of water. And what he did is I put the deck to 
the window pane he ran out of the back of the house all the oh, way to the no. front to the window pane uh -huh. and as i'm smearing the cards here he puts the card on the window yeah she freaks out three seconds later his head bobs out and he screams i can do magic too <laughs> and it was just absolutely beautiful another pet peeve that i'm sure you've experienced was when <laughs> they said oh you do magic right and they go yes they say can you show me magic trick and you show absolutely and you fan the cards and you say pick a card and they go oh i know this one <laughs> <laughs> every card trick starts like that there's thousands of card tricks that start like that but the yes. second it's happened so many times oh i know this one i know how this is gonna go oh do you motherfucker well i mean he who is about to be entertained uh, then you know what then i have fun with them at that point if they start doing that i go okay i get to have fun with you yeah that's what it is it's like oh it's christmas morning Oh yeah, no, because there are so many effects that you can do with a stack of cards that aren't pick a card. I'm glad we brought that up, because how do you handle hecklers, like, during the show? I'm sure there are people that are like, that's not real! So, it depends. It really depends. Um, because I both do juggling and magic, there's this weird middle ground where people don't know if it's juggling or magic. Ah, so when they heckle you when you're juggling, you just peg them with the ball and continue juggling. No, no, actually, usually what I'll do is I do a thing called cigar boxes. Uh, it's basically manipulating a set of boxes. And because of inertia, the boxes generally stay in place. So I will usually have about one out of every three shows a kid say, I know how that's done, it's magnets! So I look at the kid, I, I literally just stop the show and I say, okay, do you know what a magnet feels like? Yes! Pick up the box. Put down the box. Pick up the box. Put down the box. Does that feel like a magnet? No. How do I do that? Huh? I have no social life. And then the show just continues. And at that point, <laughs> I've, I've dealt with at least one third of the rest of the hecklers. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is you don't do tricks that people see all the time. Um, the moment someone does a trick that they've seen before, you know, it, it's the reason why there's certain tricks that are just so overdone. Yeah, you can't do certain things anymore. Yeah, it's they, the reason why every time you pick up a deck of cards, go, hey, choose a card. They're like, oh, I know what this is. Because everyone's seen pick a card. My favorite for hecklers, mm -hmm. my favorite, res you know, it can only be used in a very uh, uh, rare instances. Mm -hmm. But when I'm doing a magic trick and they go, that's fake. My favorite response is, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> And you just keep on going. I don't like to... There's a fine line, I'm sure you would... That I find we're against engaging them. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they want. They want to be engaged a heckler. They, well, they want to feel important for a minute. Yeah. And so by you can engage them. And maybe that dispels it for that minute. But then that may encourage them to do it more. Versus you want to just fucking put them down a little bit. Here's the thing. Um, if you're doing a really good show... Usually, the audience will tell the people off and you don't have to. God, I wish. I've never done a good show. <laughs> uh, and that's happened to me. I've literally had a couple start screaming at each other in the back of the show, and they were about to break up, and I had like half the audience turn to them and tell them to shut up so they could enjoy this. Um, but the other thing is, is that um, when you do... If I'm doing an adult show, fair game. I'll heckle anyone. I, I will counter heckle you. I will get you to shut up. Uh, to quote Christopher Titus, I will get them to take a long, tall drink out of the shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite line? What, from Christopher Titus? Uh, sure. Bocano uh, Las Dos. Uh, from, from Christopher Douglas. And uh, what's your favorite heckling line? Like, what's your favorite I got a moment? 
that I'm, yeah, you felt so goddamn good at the end of it, even if it wasn't even a, the greatest uh, circumstance to do it in. Because oh, I know no. it's happened. Oh no, no, mine is because uh, th- it's half a joke, ha- half a put down. I'll look at the person and go, "Excuse me, yeah, I'm thinking of a number between one and five. Can you figure it out?" And you hold up your hand. Yeah, I just hold up my hand. It's audio podcast. We got to. Oh. <laughs> yes, I hold up my hand and I go, can you think of a number between one and five? And the entire audience gets exactly which finger I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> and the person will usually shut up at that point. If you put down a heckler, you put them down for their choices, um, not for who they are. That's the big rule of thumb that I have found, especially with comedy. Uh, you can make fun of someone for making the dumb choices in life. Don't make fun of them for who they are. Can you give an example? Um, I think this is important for young performers out there. Okay. No, that's perfectly fair. Um, so if you're dealing with a heckler um, or you're dealing with someone who is going through life, there are certain things about them that are objective, such as uh, skin color, race, gender, ethnicity, background. These are things that they don't have a choice in. They don't have a choice in doing. Gotcha. That's like an unfair. It's 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 unfair. You're making fun of them for being different. Um, I just, I can't stop giggling. I just imagine someone going, ha, you're a girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's the silliest insult on the planet. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, but almost everyone, almost everyone has a quality about them that you can poke fun at. Um, Listen, you got a cheeseburger neck. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to get people's attention. Your hair looks like the goddamn Eiffel Tower over here. <laughs> Your little yee yee haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yee yee ass haircut. <laughs> Making fun of somebody's haircut's always easy. It's, it, it's, it's hard for me. It's so easy. No, it's very easy. Well, no, no, it, it's ball. easy for you because you grow all of this out on your face to compensate for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haha, it's funny because he's bald. <laughs> Audio podcast. I have a beautiful he- head of hair. Um. Okay. Agree to disagree. Go to maximmediocrity.com. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the maximum mediocre Instagram, and you can see exactly what my hair looks like. Engagement. If you're this close, you should call 1 800 Rogaine. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what you guys Maybe are talking about. Bald from... is in. <laughs> I'll just take some uh, some hair from your balls. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd look Jewish. <laughs> are you hating on Jews now? No, it's just every man in the world has the same kind of hair down there. They do. It's all I've... just that little. Cute. I mean, do other people have like long glorious hair down there that's just straight it would make perfect for a wig <laughs> i'm gonna braid here, my my ass here's, hair here's a here's a question for you if they did would you want to fuck them uh Morgan. no but i'd have a lot of questions <laughs> i'd be like what kind of conditioner you use down there so yes doug yes the volumizing <laughs> you have t- <laughs> so you've just finished a show yes. round of applause everybody loved it you're breaking down. Everybody's left. Yeah. A young adult, 17, 18 years old, deck of cards in hand, comes up to you and they say, I want to become, I want to make magic my life. Okay. As somebody who is an entrepreneur, who is trying to make magic their life and their livelihood and performing their life and livelihood, what is the advice that you give them? Actually, here's the thing. I actually work as an entertainment director for a Ren Fair. 
Um, so I actually work as the entertainment director for the Philadelphia Ren Fair. Oh. May 4th through the 12th. May 4th through the 12th. I was going to say, this is not like being blatant. Or what, what was that? Blatant. The guy from Batman. We're not doing that I'm shit. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I've seen, was... seen Rachel. I haven't fucking seen her anywhere. <laughs> I was May 4th through the 12th. Bane. Thank you. <laughs> I was way off. Um, but I actually asked them, okay, show me a moment. Show me a moment. Almost every magician who I've ever met, if you say, hey, can you show me something? There's always something I can do that doesn't require any prep work. And the biggest thing that I run into is a lot of people who like, oh, and then they turn around and they go to set the deck up in the specific way to make the trick happen. Yeah. Wouldn't you show up already prepared? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. No, but it's it's the thing where they're doing tricks to show off. They're not doing it to entertain. So they're not in the perspective yet of, I'm going to entertain you. They're in the perspective of, oh, I have to show you a trick. Let me set up the trick. And when I see that, that's the first thing that almost always happens when I have a younger person. I go, don't make it about showing off. Just be entertaining. That's be, the biggest thing you can be. Be an entertainer. Be an entertainer. When people tell me, are you an artist? I go, no, I'm not an artist. I'm an entertainer. You work at something. You become a performer. Uh, you practice something. And then you find the pieces of the thing that you practice that people find entertaining. And you learn how to make what you do entertaining. Then you're an entertainer. And if you can slip a little bit of thought into it, a little bit of wisdom into it, then you're an artist. And that's sort of how it goes. But if you're trying to be an entertainer and you're still working on the performative part, that's a difficult part. So you're saying really get those ducks in a row first. Get those ducks in a row first. It's not really, because when you're a performer, it's not really about you. It's about, can you keep that audience? Yes. It's about being entertaining. Yes. If you want to be an, there are avenues to be a performance artist. Yeah. But I I completely agree with you. Magic and and most entertainment is, uh, performance entertaining, is entertainment first, art comes second. Yeah. Become entertaining get their attention, and then you can worry about shoehorning your message into it. Think of Robin Williams. Uh, every single every one... Every day I think of Robin Williams. I was going to say, even when you said his name, I like Rest got sad. I, yeah. Like my, I got goosebumps. I was like, God damn it, that guy's dead. Fucking cheers, Robin Williams. <laughs> but every single one of his shows, he would always end on a message. He would always end on talking about something that actually had meaning. His entire show built to that one moment. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think is absolutely beautiful. And if you can pull that off, art. Uh, If you can't pull that off, there's your goal. But don't come out of the starting gate going, I am an artist. Because you're not an artist. You're someone who's doing something for free. Yeah, you're an 18 year old. (laughs) You have so much to learn. Oh yeah, well the other thing is, and this this is actually a complete side note, is that there's an entire cottage industry around taking advantage of people who want to be entertainers, who want to be artists first, uh, yes. and using them to make a quick buck. Yeah. It's a huge industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's at least two or three agencies in the area that that's basically what they cater to. Uh, you pay them a portion to get headshots, and it's basically so you can get, you know, be an extra. I always thought that was just to be a model. I had only heard like warnings about that for like if you wanted to be a model. I'd never thought that that could happen to you if you were trying to become a magician. I actually want to backtrack just a little bit to being 18 and un- uh, inexperienced. How was sex? Awkward. That's not what I was going to say this time. 
But um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to ask, uh, did you ever struggle with stage fright? And how did you overcome it if you did? Oh, God, all the time. Jesus, stage fright, that's still an issue. That's comforting. Okay. It, it, still, <laughs> like it really is comforting. It still is an issue. Stage fright is a thing. First thing, I train at 100%. I never perform at 100%. Perfect practice makes perfect Practice. Practice makes perfect. Perfect. And making sure you don't work as hard as you do when you practice also makes you perfect. This is perfect. The guest is starting to slur a little bit. That's how you know we've done our job. And get him more. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you and your alcohol. Maximmediocrity.com. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, you start out with a trick that you know you can never screw up. Whether it's self-working or whether it's just so bloody simple. Like, my initial banter with the audience is basically get them to relax. The first 30 seconds, your challenge is to get the audience on your side to be wanting to be part of your story. That's why we talked to you before we turned the thing on. Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> we got um, him. Damn it. But anywho's, um, so I just, that's what I do with stage fright. Um, and the other thing is, is that for a long time, uh, whenever I have something new that I want to do, uh, I'll actually go to the Philadelphia burlesque community and I'll do a bare bones $50 show where I'm only making $50 an act. And the only reason I'm doing it is because if I screw it up here, no one cares. So that way I get airtime with it and I make sure I iron out all of the problems. That makes sense. My, my advice always was stage fright. And not a lot of people understand this, but hopefully somebody listening does if they're going to be going mm -hmm. on stage, is I like to think of performances first... Yes, get your act in order. Practice, 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 practice. That's the number one thing that shoots people in the foot is that they do not prep enough. They don't, no. they don't know their script from top to bottom. They don't know the movements. They don't know the blocking. They don't know any, like they only know, they've run through it once or twice and they panic when they're on stage. But after that is just in general, people having trouble talking in front of more than one person. <laughs> I just say, you only you know when you when you have like a cool story you want to tell yeah. and you end up telling all of your friends mm -hmm. and you go to somebody's house and you tell them and then you go see somebody else and you tell them and then you go to the bar and you tell somebody at the bar instead of telling everybody separately what if you could just get them all in one room and tell them all at the same time mm -hmm. you're not talking to 50 people you're talking to one person at a time 50 times all at once mm -hmm. um so you not to turn the tables or anything but you said that you had done magic for a while. What made you stop? I never got that question from you. I never got that answer from you. Crack anyone. cocaine. No. <laughs> he couldn't keep it together for even one second. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I've never heard this story. No, actually, it was because I, I love magic. And magic for me was, was, I did it primarily when I was in school, when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, and then mm -hmm. when I went to college. This was my way of interacting with people because I was so bad at social interactions that I would I could always hide behind this performance pound it exactly and so once I became more comfortable with myself I didn't need it as much so people would come up and say oh you do magic right yes I do magic can you do a magic trick well, I, I'd rather just I want to talk to you I, I, I'm better at this now <laughs> stop objectifying me yeah like I, I'd want to and people would hate it you I put do, those cards away I would that seriously would be is I would people say can you do a magic trick and I would say yeah absolutely and then I'd, I'd do the magic trick I'd finish the magic trick and then I'd try to talk to them afterwards and they would be like uh 
just show us more magic? And I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to do this. Please. I'm more than just these cards you see. Oh, and, God. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, but then my, my then my heart gets going. I'm like, oh, I got to do something creative because now I wasn't doing magic as much because of that. So I, I picked up a few instruments. I started learning how to play some music because I still needed that performance. And God is like, oh, the heroin right in the arm. The second you get back on stage and people start singing the words that you wrote back at you, God, right there. Oh. There's nothing better than that. Just like with magic, when, when, you, when you can shock and awe and they give you that true, true face of amazement Mm -hmm. they just that you have truly blown their fucking mind there's nothing better than that and and so it was just from one performance to the other uh and then one day i just i didn't need it as much i guess (laughs) and that's why i was like you know what i'm i need to reach a broader audience and that's why we're here dun dun what's the biggest crowd pleaser you have uh fire breathing you're right i would be very pleased there you go (laughs) easy what's been your biggest magical blunder um, this is not the easy life. Uh, I have made a bunch of them. Um, as any good art, you have to make mistakes to learn. Yeah, but mistakes shouldn't cost you thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. Yes, What'd you learn the most? Oh, God. Um, you always learn a lesson when it involves money. Oh. Have you ever noticed that? Absolutely. I mean,. I learned that you can never lend somebody money if you expect to get it back. And I have never forgotten it. Mm-hmm. Never, ever. I am tearing up at the thought of this, but my biggest magical blunder would be the Fringe Festival circuit. Uh, I did the Rochester Fringe Festival three years ago, and I did really well. I had sold-out shows, uh, five shows. I made decent bank and I said, I'm going to try this again because every year I try something different. Yeah. And so I went ahead and did that. And what ended up happening is every Fringe Festival that I did, I did at a loss. Everyone, including that one, when I went back to it. Because they're like, we had a magician and he did really well. Let's bring more. No, oh, no. They brought in more acts. Okay. The thing about fringe festivals is they work really, really well if you already have a gigantic budget and $10,000 and you're willing to be at a place weeks before you have to be there. But if you're a normal person, then you're just going to have to make your own way. So I performed at a 250-person theater in Washington, D.C., and I only sold 35 tickets. Oh, fuck. Wow. Yeah. That sounds bad. It, it does. I mean, it's. I mean, I went home with two lovely ladies last, last night, that night, but that's an entirely different story. Hey, he has Hey-o! gotten laid from magic, ladies and gentlemen. We finally got it out of him. He there it is. He didn't want to tell us. He was shy. <laughs> the two for one special 35 tickets sold, 250 people entertained, and two women disappointed. If that's not magic, I don't know what is. Uh, Which is wonderful until you realize that I spent about $2,000 on that festival. That's the going rate. And I got $100. I mean, that's a cheap rate. And I got $100 back. If you know what I mean. (laughs) You were that good, huh? They they let you keep the change? (laughs) They were like, keep the tip. That's for you, Amazon. I have never had a look at a stage manager before and go, I can't come here. You have no tickets sold. I've put about $500 into your local newspapers and 
no one's coming. I put another $200 into Facebook advertisements and no one's coming. Whew. I can't fake this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and what I discovered is that a lot of these fringe festivals, they just put the festivals on. They don't do anything for advertisement. They don't do anything to get the name out. You are inherently responsible for all of that. So I walked into this festival going, I got a 250 person festival. I put $500 down into advertisement. I should do fine. And I crapped out. I have never had something that made me want to cry more than that. Don't get me wrong, the DC booty call was lovely, but it still sucked. I mean, for $2,000, I hope it was good. <laughs> you learned a lesson for two grand. And that year, I learned that lesson at the DC Fringe Festival. I learned the lesson at the Pittsburgh Fringe Festival. I learned that lesson at the Ithaca Fringe Festival. And I learned that lesson at the Rochester Fringe Festival. You're a real slow learner, it sounds like. Well, the problem is a lot of these festivals are contracts. So the moment you sign on the dotted line, you have to go. What is a fringe festival? I'm Just... glad you asked because that was going to be what I was going to ask. <laughs> I was so... trying to pick it up through context clues. I'm sorry. I okay. have no fucking clue. So fringe festivals are usually regional-ish events in a city where an organization will ask a theater or several theaters, hey, we want to put on this festival. Can you reduce the cost of what it would cost to rent so these people can get in? because a theater rental fee is extravagant. And what happens is uh, usually a, a sponsor, someone else will offset the cost that the theater is losing. The theater will do like a split, like a 70-30 split, 50-50 split. The performer or performers or the company gets 50% of the take, the theater gets 50% of the take. And then on top of that, the organization that sponsors it gets a smaller take. Uh, and most of the bigger cities have them. How is this different from other types of festivals? Uh, this festival usually specifically caters and focuses on voices that would not normally be heard or voices that could not afford the theater fee. Oh, gotcha. So because of the the because you don't have your name out there, that's why like they're doing you a favor by giving you that that yes. that space, that performance space, but you're getting fucked. Um, so yeah, no. Um, by the time I realized I was too late, so at that point i said done with fringe festivals in order to make these viable i need to be able to spend this amount of money and be here these amount of days prior to a festival this is not worth it i think that's a good note to end on as far as being an entertainer you have to get your money down you can be crazy you can be your entertainer you can be an artist whatever but have your books right make sure things are financially viable even if, if you're taking something at a loss understand the value of that loss exactly i i Glad that you brought that up because I, I, I wanted to touch on that. We don't really have time to get into that now, but I I think it's very important. I think that's the, the core of it. Oh, yeah. The way we end out every single podcast is we play a little bit of a game. Okay. It's a little improv game. Okay. Very simple. It's a game of telephone. Okay. Where I'm going to say a word, and then you, Doug, are going to think of the first word that comes to your mind, and then based off of your word, Morgan is going to think of the first word that comes onto, into her head, and then so on and so forth back to me. The game ends... When either if you cannot think of a word quick enough, it's a pretty quick game. Okay. Or you repeat a word. Or if the word has nothing to do with the last person's word. Crap baskets. And we are the judge for that, so. We are. Okay. Two to one. So do you understand the game? I understand the game-ish. Well, we're going to have to go with that. Mm -hmm. I will start. Snowman. Icicle. Ice cubes. Ice. Music. Snowman. 
Oh, I said I it. As soon no as matter. I said it, I was like, no. <laughs> uh, I'm not the one who lost. All right, Morgan, why don't you start us off? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with reindeer. Deer. Rudolph. The red-nosed reindeer. Lights. Christmas. Santa Claus. Hanukkah. Uh, Adam Sandler. Kwanzaa. <laughs> Jewish? African-American. Holocaust. <laughs> oh, no. Say the word. Oh, no. David, you lost. I lost. I'll take that loss. That was fucking funny. <laughs> Did you say Holocaust twice? Yes. yes. No, but just once. Just once, but it does relate. <laughs> oh, it was good. Oh, is it my turn to start this? All right, Doug, you start us off. Shitty entertainment. Doug. Magician. Crap. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Poop. <laughs> Pee. Dookie. Urine. <laughs> Green Day. Terrible music. Stephen King. I was hurt. Just going to say. Uh, <laughs> author. <laughs> Librarian. Sexy. Lunch ladies. <laughs> Fetish. <laughs> Porn. <laughs> Feet. More awkward. <laughs> David. Turtles. <laughs> Teenage Mutant. Uh, pizza. Pepperoni. Sausage. Rats. Mice. Splinter. Men. Mm, can't think of anything there. Got me. <laughs> I'm out. That was a good one. Good run, guys. That was a really long one. <laughs> yes, that was actually functional. Very well done. Well, Doug, thank you very, very much for coming on to the Max Mediocrity Podcast. Is there anything that you want to promote? Anything you want to tell people what's going on in your life? Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to continue with this, on May 4th or the 12th, it is time for the Philadelphia Ren Fair. Other than that, I will be at various other places, shenanigans, and locations during the course. But those are the best, the next big public event. Have a bad idea. And your website is bad-ideas-entertainment.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and now even Twitch. And on that note, thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful evening. Wear a condom. Do whatever you want. Don't fuck your kids. <laughs> <laughs>